and that's you know that's basically it whereas now you're sitting down with someone for a good 30 minutes um and you're really getting to know them a lot better than you would have otherwise so i think you know out of all of this i guess that's kind of a silver lining we can think of <laughs> to the Wealth and Law podcast. I am Brent Nelson, and per usual, I'm joined by Rachel Sass. Rachel, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. We're, uh, we're making it happen. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. You know, actually, I have a secret I haven't told oh, you yet. I got in trouble. To... I got in trouble with the podcast. You did? I did. So um, a few episodes back, we were talking about home projects uh-huh. and, and decorating and, you know, home projects are kind of my thing during uh, the pandemic. Uh-huh. And I mentioned that my loving, wonderful, sweet, amazing husband um, is only good for power tools. Yeah. And he listened to that podcast and he called me out on it big time. Really? Yes. He disagreed. He disagreed. <laughs> so I would like to correct the record. <laughs> and say that my loving, sweet, amazing, wonderful husband is pretty decent at decorating as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. <laughs> his, his, his soiled name has been restored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, well, look, all the stuff I said about my uselessness still stands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but apparently we have to, you know. Watch what we say now. I, yeah, I have you, to watch what I you say. Gotta, you got to be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if anybody that I know actually listens to the podcast. So <laughs> that, that's maybe not a problem for me. But apparently, you've got to walk on eggshells. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to got to be careful. All right. Well, you've you've uh, adequately repented. I can tell that you uh, you're sorry. Very much. I would say penitent. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're clearly reformed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Never it's going to happen again. You're, to- you're a totally different person now. <laughs> we'll never make that mistake again. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear. Well, but, but that also, that doesn't mean that the response was, uh, well, we're not doing any of those projects that you thought we were doing. It sounds like you're still going to do the projects. You just have to give due credit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My uh, loving, wonderful, amazing, sweet, kind husband is, um, (laughs) he has, um, let's see, he has great input. There you go. The design and the decorating. His true thing, though, he he's the executor, right? That's where I got to say, I, uh-uh, that's not me. That's not me. Power tools, mm-mm, not me. I don't like measuring. I don't do that stuff. I just start cutting. But he is fantastic at that and pretty okay on the design part of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I feel like you've uh, you've restored him to his proper place in the world. Yeah, I say so. Yeah, you totally saved yourself there, Rachel. I'm, you know, everybody makes a mistake. Yeah. Mistakes, yeah, it's just part of life, right? Gotta, gotta learn from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, that your, wait, beautiful, wonderful, wait, handsome, wonderful, <laughs> uh, uh, talented, 
smart, there you go. Uh, genius husband. I did. I did it. Did I get them all? Uh, there you go. <laughs> hus husband uh, is a good helper in the home projects. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of pandemics, you <laughs> might you might remember we're still in one, and yeah, um, I actually, you know, I I've I've been thinking a lot about people who are complaining about the things that we're being asked to do, like you know, wear a mask and socially distance and wash your hands, because those are like the three things. If you actually do them, the virus would go away because it wouldn't be able to infect anybody. Uh, people who are complaining about that and thinking like it seems, although not to paint in too broad a brush, but it seems that many people who fall into that category have an underlying assumption that other people don't want the pandemic to go away <laughs> and for life to go back to normal. And yet they are unwilling to do the thing that will allow us to go back to life as normal. Uh, but, in, but of course, in reality, everybody just wants to go back to normal. I mean, this sucks. Yes. Nobody likes doing this. Nobody. Mm, no. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm over it. How about that? I'm over it. I've had uh, I've had a lot of this pandemic, and I'm I'm just kind of feeling like I get it. I get what pandemics are about now, and I think uh, it it should be somebody should just let the virus know. We get it. We get the point. Let's be done. Yeah. Point point taken. Right. We could all wash our hands a little bit more. Be a little bit more cleanly. Um. Yeah. Like you said, it it sucks. I think everyone wants to travel again, like actually go on a yeah. vacation again. Um, actually, I had a memory pop up on social media that I was in the Bahamas a couple years ago on this day. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Don't know when the next time I'll ever be in the Bahamas again. But yeah, yeah pandemic is definitely getting old. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, about a year ago, I was in New York City having just a grand time. And then in February, we were in San Diego mm -hmm. having a grand time at a firm retreat. That was the last trip that I, like real trip, I would say, that yep. I took was that trip to San Diego. Yep, same. Last time on an airplane. Yeah. All of it, yep. I've traveled since, but it's like I traveled in a cocoon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we just were, you know, we stayed away from everybody. We didn't really go out in public. That was the traveling. It was like to get from one enclosed area to the next enclosed area. Not like going on a trip before when you'd go to a place and you'd have fun. You'd go out, you'd see people. And that, uh, yeah, I'll be ready when we get back to that. Absolutely. I'll be ready. So one question that I keep getting asked apropos to what we're talking about here is, uh, what are you, it's usually phrased in this way. What are you guys doing, quote unquote, meaning what are we doing during the pandemic to basically keep our business going, uh, to develop business? And so I thought, well, why don't we talk about that? Because I keep getting asked, which means at least, you know, a handful of people in the world and maybe more are thinking about that sort of thing. I'll, you know, this is not maybe as timely as it would have been had we had this conversation in April, but I think it's at least nice to look back and say like, this is what we've been doing. This is what we think is working. So I thought we would talk about that unless you have uh, some other topic you wanted to discuss. No, that, that sounds great to me. I get that question all the time too. I think everyone's just still, 
even still, you think we're, you know, all the way in October this year, people are still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, like you said, keep your business going. It's a really rough time. So as much as you can stay connected with people, keep your business going, keep generating income. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the first thing that is just reaching out to people, like staying connected. Um, you know, even though right now, you know, people aren't quarantining as much as they used to back in the spring and the summer, it's still more important than ever just to reach out to, you know, your colleagues, to all your acquaintances and just, you know, still see face to face. I know people are starting to get a little Zoom fatigue these days, but um, there's definitely ways that, you know, we could still have a little bit of face-to-face -face interaction. Yeah, I was I was curious to see what would the novelty of video conferences wear off. I think we've gotten there. Definitely. <laughs> I think we've gotten there. Yeah, no, I, I obviously I agree with you because uh, you and I talked about that quite a bit. But just staying connected uh, with other people is the big challenge, really. And you know, trying to figure out ways to connect with people that we would otherwise be seeing, first of all, somewhat frequently. And second of all, we'd be seeing in person socially. And some of that is, at least for me, under normal circumstances, non-pandemic circumstances, is like actually traveling to other cities and, and meeting and seeing other people in those other cities or, you know, connecting and, and catching up with people that I know in other locations. And now it's like, I can't physically go there really because I can't really travel. And so then how do you stay connected? You know, what do you do to stay connected? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's, you know, really helped you and I out is one doing just like the virtual coffees, the virtual yeah. happy hours. I mean, who doesn't enjoy that? You know, it's like you said, we normally would be getting coffee or having happy hour with these people all the time. Um, and so it's just kind of one way and you know, it's easy, right? If you don't want to go to Starbucks and actually meet at a coffee house, you will just start the Keurig up or get the coffee pot brewing in the kitchen. Um, I think that's the biggest one. And, you know, I think this is a time that people can really get creative. Um, I know you and I have been on a uh, virtual cooking class together with some of our friends. That's a blast. Um, and so I think now it's really that time for people to just, you know, get creative in the way that you're still kind of seeing people. I know I've had a few friends who've done like the wine and paint nights all virtually where you just like you got the instructor through Zoom and everyone's got their supplies. So I think we just kind of have to be a bit more creative on, you know, keeping it new and seeing each other face to face. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a ton of virtual coffees, uh, which to me is is nice because I'm just not seeing people. So if you can actually see somebody, albeit on a video screen, you know, you can actually see somebody in chat, you know, for 30 minutes or so, you can catch up pretty quickly in 30 minutes. It doesn't take a ton of time out of the day to do it. And it's nice. And it's just nice to reconnect with people. I've been doing a lot of that. I think the difference has been, whereas before I might say, go to an event and at the event, I might see and chat with 10 to 15 different people. So I, you know, kind of catch up with 10 to different, 10 to 15 different people. Now it's like you have to very specifically reach out to each one of those folks to connect with each one individually. So it actually takes more time in this virtual world to do that kind of individual connection than it would if you were just showing up at a, a big event and you could just kind of walk around the room and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think there's, you know, some 
um, you know, groups that we were a part of that kind of do the almost speed dating network mm-hmm. through Zoom where, yeah, you've got like a quick five minutes, which is kind of how it used to be. But then when you really do take the time to do a virtual happy hour or virtual coffee with someone, I feel like it's actually deepened the relationships that I've had with a lot of our friends because, like you said, otherwise, if we're at an event, it's just the quick, how you been, how's the family, what vacation are you going on this year? Mm. And that's, you know, that's basically it. Whereas now you're sitting down with someone for a good 30 minutes um, and you're really getting to know them a lot better than you would have otherwise. So I think, you know, out of all of this, I guess that's kind of a silver lining we can think of. Yeah. So one other thing that I did, uh, I can't remember if you if you did this too, Rachel, but one other thing that I did was this is sort of early on in the pandemic because I just I wanted to uh, first of all, I, I wanted to reach out to people um, because I thought that was just like that's the nice human thing to do is just to reach out. And second of all, I wanted to make sure that I was staying in contact with people as we've been talking about because we're not seeing seeing folks at events, et cetera. So I, I emailed a bunch of people. Some people I called or I texted, but a, a lot of people I would just shoot an email and just say, hey, you know, hope you guys are doing well. Hope everybody's healthy and safe, you know, and then give them a quick blurb about what we're doing, you know, something about virtual school or some other weird thing that we're uh, that we're doing because of this. And I just sent those emails out to a bunch of people and I got a lot of nice responses and it was an easy way just to kind of reach out and say, Hey, I hope you as like a human being are doing fine. I don't, you know, not asking for anything in, in response, nothing beyond just saying, hi, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I think that's great. And especially if you think too, just in addition to the pandemic, I mean, it's just been a tough year, right? You know, in Tucson, we had the devastating fires earlier this year where a lot of our friends, a lot of our clients, their homes were right there near the fires. And so, you know, being able to reach out and just say, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything we could do for you? I mean, like like you said, it's just the, the right thing to do. Yeah, I think so. I think so just trying to to keep that kind of human interaction because sometimes i think uh the virtual connections even though like i'm all about the virtual connections but i do think in some instances the virtual connection can become a bit uh, mechanical and you lose a little bit of that like i'm dealing with a human being kind of interaction which is which is different from when you're dealing with somebody face to face in person, obviously. So I think that uh, layering in that kind of human side in those communications has been good. I, I, I at least think it has been good. And if if nothing else, uh, it's helped me. Uh, maybe it was just a little bit cathartic for me to just sort of say that because I because I know, you know, it's been as you say, it's been a little distressing. It's been a tough year on a lot of different levels. So if, uh, if asking, if kind of projecting that onto other people and asking to make sure that they're doing well is a way for me to feel better about it, then maybe it was effective for me too. <laughs> Therapeutic. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and then another thing you know, that we've really done in addition to kind of just the, the, the reaching out theme is obviously with the podcast. Yeah. Just being active, you know, and, and just staying really busy on our side. So. Obviously, you know, we do the podcast every single week. Uh, We have all of our social media accounts, which if anyone, shameless plug here, is not already following at Wealth and Law, please do so on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Pinterest, on Twitter, basically everywhere that social media is. 
Um, but that's a great way. You know, everyone kind of has their own connections in a very different form, like you said. Some people um, really like the virtual. Some people are just sick and tired of it now. And so maybe they just get more of their interactions on social media. And so for us, you know, being active on all of those fronts is a great way for us to stay involved and kind of be at the top of some people's minds. Yeah, certainly from a kind of business development perspective, I think it's important. I and the the timing of like the podcast and things and the pandemic was a total coincidence because uh, the plan was to do the podcast already. Um, it just took a little bit of time because I had, you know, I had transitioned over from our old firm. You had just transitioned over from the old, the old firm. And so it took time. There's a lot of kind of administrative backstory that goes with that to get people and files and everything moved over. So that, you know, that all took time. And then by the time most of that administrative piece was sort of done and ramping down, then we were ready to do the podcast. And then all of a sudden it was a pandemic. I think yeah. we did one podcast episode in per in person, and then after that, it's all been virtual because the pandemic hit. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I one of the things. So just to maybe to get a little bit more down in the weeds here uh, for anybody uh, wanting more of like the the business development tidbit. So one of the things that sort of tactically that I was thinking about for the podcast and social media in terms of our practice was. Not necessarily that we would get referrals for business from directly from, say, the podcast or directly from social media posts. That, that wasn't necessarily the idea. Uh, and so let me just unpack that just a little bit. So our practice tends to be high net worth, kind of complex, trust and estates planning, as you know, of course, because you and I work together, but for everybody else's edification. And most of those clients come to us because they are referred to us by their existing professionals. Very few of those clients sort of pick us out of the phone book, so to speak, or pick us out of social media. And so social media is not really a direct marketing tool for our practice. What it is, is a way for us to create content that we think adds value to the other professionals in the world in particular, those who might have clients who would need our services um, to add something of value to those professionals. And not necessarily as an ask, just as a, look, we're kind of into this stuff. It's basically a hobby and we want to get out good, useful information because we think we have it or we know people who have it and we can get that out to the world for free. And we think that's a huge value add. And in the end, I think the philosophy is then in the end, the more good and free things that you do for the world, inevitably it comes back to you in the form of business. So. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's good because you've been participatory and most of this process. <laughs> So anyway, so so you know, for anybody listening who who that's that's more like the tactical side of like, well, what is it all about? Uh, why do it? Uh, you know, that's why that's why you do it. At least for us, that's why we do it. Now, if we were in a if we were in a line of business that was much more like direct to consumer, I think it still works great. I think being on first of all being on social media is a good idea because everybody is on social media for the most part. And sometimes I hear people say, well, yeah, well, social media, you know, it skews younger. It's like, first of all, no, that's not true. And second of all, if you if you're only focused on like a particular platform, that could be true. But if you're focused across platforms, it pretty much covers everybody. Social media is not going away. Uh, 
these platforms may come in and out of vogue, but social media as a concept, I don't think is going away. You know, people are not going to get their heads out of their phones. Mm -hmm. They're not going to spend most of their time like looking at their phone and looking at stuff online. So because that is just reality, you have to be online if you're in business mm -hmm. somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. When you think of how, you know, in today's world that some people just run their entire business straight on social media. It really makes think like, you have to adapt to social media, like you said, in the different platforms. So we've obviously seen it in our lifetimes from MySpace to Facebook to Instagram to mm -hmm. TikTok now. Um, you just have to kind of pivot a little bit. But I think depending on what your message is and then who your audience is, it's pretty easy to pivot. Or we've seen that at least in our experience is you just kind of depending on what platform you're using, just have to maybe just shift your message just a tiny bit or um, craft the content a little bit more, you know, towards a younger generation if you're on TikTok or maybe an older generation if you're on Facebook. So it's really, um, it's pretty adaptable in the terms of how much time you're putting into social media is pretty workable for all the platforms going forward. Right, right. And there, there are a lot of nice resources available to help you do social media stuff in a actual nice way a way that looks uh, artistic and and pretty and aesthetic um so we we've been using canva mm -hmm. and we got the canva pro which is not that much money it's uh but it's totally worth it first of all it's like worth every penny mm -hmm. uh so canva does all the graph can do all the graphics that you want to do so for anybody wondering about like well how do you get graphics you know if you want to do like instagram posts and instagram is very heavy on images and sort of graphic design uh or like instagram stories or or i guess now linkedin stories i guess facebook to to a degree like any any platform that's like really heavy on graphics and stuff like canva is perfect canva you can do anything pretty much and it will look good all you have to do is just follow their formats and it will come out looking really good so that's that's what we use for anybody who's curious um, and then the idea is that we do some long form content like the podcast, or we might write something on the blog, or we might write something elsewhere. And then the rest of the social media is to a degree supplemental to the long form stuff. So we might come out with, you know, might do a podcast and then we've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn posts about the episode that we just did. So we might do two days or so, two or three days worth of posts about the episode that we just did. And then the other days of the week, we're trying to put out just other types of content that's topical to what we do. Or if you follow me on Twitter's topical to the sports teams that I like sometimes. <laughs> Go Lakers. So <laughs> so that that's sort of again to get sort of down on like the tactical level, the day-to-day -day level, like that's kind of what we've been doing. But I I to your point, like I don't think that's so much different from what any business ought to be doing. Mm -hmm. Now, in in this day and age, if you're going to be in business for the next 10, 20 years, like this is it. Social media is where you need to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, for anyone out there who's still kind of super old school, um, you can absolutely still do the old school method. So you mentioned, uh, you know, writing the blog. Um, we also do a lot of presentations. You've got a presentation coming up. I did one a few months back. You can absolutely still do those old traditional methods. 
um, of getting content out there, you know, just writing articles that can be published, um, again, presenting towards, you know, smaller groups of people, little webinars, um, or doing big, you know, group presentations, that's all still completely doable in addition to, I guess, having a social media presence. Totally, totally. And yeah, so, so for example, like I'm doing this, I'm doing a presentation for the State Bar of Arizona. Uh, it's for other lawyers who are in our practice area. It's basically, you know, just telling them everything that I know about a particular topic and it's all for free. I don't get anything out of it other than doing it uh, and kind of getting my name out there. But again, because our practice uh, is really based on referrals from other professionals, including other lawyers, quite often, um, that's actually the audience we want to be talking to. That's the audience that we want to know that we know about these kind of high level technical things and telling them all about it doesn't really matter because if they're going to if they're competitors with us, I don't really care because I'm not looking to capture 100% of the market anyways. And if they're not competitors with us, then they're potential referral sources. So it's totally worth doing. And yeah, I, I, I don't think that that kind, of, um, that kind of business development is going away in our industry. Obviously, it's changed because I'm doing my presentation by Zoom rather than in a, meet, in a, in a room full of people. Um, the other thing is some, sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, I... I uh, build business one-on-one -on -one by meeting with people individually, not on social media. I'm never going to get any business on social media. And the I, I understand that perspective. And for some people, it works very well. My point is more that you cannot meet with those people enough times for them to always remember you. But if every time they turn on their phone or every other time they turn on their phone, something reminds them of you because you you're there, it's going to be a value add to when you actually do sit down in person with them. And that's where I think you 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 don't have to abandon the quote unquote old way to do things, which I don't think is really old. It's just you know, a free social media way of doing things. Uh, you don't have to abandon that. You can keep doing that. And in fact, I think people should keep doing that. It's just the, the social media piece adds to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I remember as a young associate, I'm still a young associate, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the biggest thing they talk about, you know, when you're in a traditional firm is, you know, being there, being in front of partners so that, you know, they see you and they think, oh, hey, I got a project for you. Here's some work. And like you said, if, you know, you want to just be constantly reminding people, hey, I'm here, you know, I'm still here to help. And so for us, and especially in this age of being the pandemic where you're not just walking around the halls or, you know, going to lunch or downtown where you see a lot of your referral sources. It's just like you said, being present um, kind of in the online manner now. Yeah. And I, I should add all of this conversation. And well, I should say to a, to a degree, uh, all of this conversation is very specific to the industry that you're in, uh, mm -hmm. because you could very well be in an industry that is shut down by government mandate because of the pandemic. And there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Yeah. So, you know, that was true, you know, right now that I think for the most part, that's true for gyms. Well, if, if the government says your gym is shut down, you're not going to be able to have people come into the gym. Uh, you know, you can go online, 
try to meet people there, try to still add value there, but there's nothing you can do to bring people into the gym. Whereas in our industry, fortunately or not, um, it doesn't really matter that we're not in the office. It just doesn't matter that much because our interactions with clients already pre-pandemic were largely virtual. Mm-hmm. You know, it was by email and phone and text and video conference from time to time much more so now than then. Um, and and not a lot of just face-to-face meetings with people because that just wasn't the way that people necessarily did business or communicated with their lawyers. So for us, it hasn't been terribly dis- disruptive. So we, you know, I, I just throw in that little caveat that I'm fully aware that every industry is different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let me throw one other thing out and it's when you, uh, when you can't see people in person, it doesn't mean that you can't try to add value to them. And so, uh, one of the things that I try to do when I meet a new person is, uh, I try to connect them with people that I think would be helpful for them to know, especially if they're, if they're new in an industry or they're, you know, new in town or they're new in an area, or, you know, they're getting into a particular practice area, for example. Um, and there are people that I know that are really good resources for me or just good friends of mine that I think would be helpful for them to know. I introduce them to these people. You can still do that. That doesn't that doesn't mm-hmm. go away. And the value of doing that has not changed. So, you know, pandemic or not, all the all these sorts of things um, that we used to do pre-pandemic uh, and people used to actually get together when I would introduce them, they can mm-hmm. still do it. They're just going to have to meet virtually. And that's OK. Absolutely. Yep. Better, better even now to make more of those connections and to help others out when we know everyone's kind of partying right now during this time. Right, exactly, exactly. All right, well, anything else to add to that uh, combo? I think we hit them all right there. All right, and if if you don't believe Rachel or I about any of this stuff, or you think what we do <laughs> is dumb, um, frankly, you could probably look up most of the people that we've had on as guests on the podcast, because a lot of them also are are very active on social media and do a good job of putting out content. Uh, uh, you know, Eugene is really good. Michael is really good about putting content out and and being out on social media and kind of building their brand and business that way. So if you want examples beyond what we do, which maybe is not uh, the greatest uh, setup, totally my fault more than anybody else on the planet, um, then you could look at somebody like Eugene or Michael and you'd see like, wow, that looks, you know, what they do, like it looks really good. It's very refined. It looks nice. They put out lots of good content. Um, and I think you don't have to dig too far to find other good examples of how to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel. Well, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you for having me on again. Hey listeners, thank you so much for spending time with us. Rachel and I both really appreciate it. We've really enjoyed doing the podcast. We're trying to do our best work and bring you valuable and useful information. And I hope you feel the same way. And if so, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, uh, subscribe to our blog if you want to follow us and see the sort of things that we write about. And also follow us on social media at Wealth and Law, basically everywhere that social media is. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.